0: I bet he probably talked to Jay bone more than he, I did when he was my mechanic. They friends. They friends. Jay bone probably be like, hey, Jay, bro, <laughs> you know what it is, man. You know, you know I got to do it. You know what J's be like, ha, no, dog. I know. I probably, look, let me just go ahead and write you a check. He probably pulled his check out his pants. He probably got a check right there. The KTM, by not doing that and they haven't figured that part out, um, is going to make Chase more of a championship threat. And like I said, just look at the results. That second race, he finished where he finished. And that third race, people were like, oh, he let Jet Lawrence go. Should he have done that? I actually like it. Like, I like it. Why? Because I know Star Racing Yamaha, they be having babies over there like none other. Like, it's a nursery over at Star Racing Yamaha, they got the next after the next after the next champion. They got the champion that's been thought about, that my son's champion when he's going to meet his old lady in dot 20 years and have a baby champion. Star Racing got that thing brewing up in Tallahassee. What's up, guys? You know who it is, your boy JS7. And you know what we got. We at the Revine Show, round four, from the Triple Crown. Anaheim 2, where it's the first dry race since the first dry race of the year. But it's the first time that these guys get to go in the speed. And by the way, it is a speed game with the Triple Crown format. So we were looking forward to seeing what we saw this weekend, which was a lot of action, with Eli Tomac, the defending, almost almost defending champion, would he be back in form with that second place a couple weekends ago, bringing the form, or would Jet Lawrence continue the domination that he had all summer? Would he bring it back at the first dry race since Anaheim won, or would Chase Stexon keep the momentum, or with the number seven with the red plate, which looks so good, Aaron Plessinger bring that yee how cowboy to the dry stadium? <laughs> well, we saw a lot. And we saw a lot of things happen. So you know what we got to do, people? And so we're going to do it. Anaheim 2, Triple Crown. Let's do it.
1: Okay,
0: let's go. Well, this weekend at Anaheim, we've been talking about the tracks all year long. And we've been talking mostly about the weather and how the tracks end up. We had Anaheim 1, which is just an, an odd race in general. Thought the track looked pretty good, had rhythm sections, you know, kind of broke down, had slippery parts. So let's just forget that one. But the next two, you had mud races. And being in the years that we haven't really had real mud races, to have two back-to-back was different in itself. So coming to Anaheim 2, it was almost like the second round of the championship where you got through these... Anaheim one, then two mayhem races, then here. So you have guys coming into this race a lot more relaxed and bikes a little bit more dialed in compared to if it was really a second race of the year um, from Anaheim one to the second one, where this one obviously is the fourth one. But those two mud races kind of got the nerves out. Guys got to work on things during the week, so everybody was a little bit more up at form coming into the second dry race of the year, which is the I would say the best indicator so far where guys are this year um even more than anaheim so i was looking forward to seeing it because you know you had eli tomac you had chase sexton you had jet lawrence like each one of these guys had a lot a lot to prove to themselves you know chase was he won in a mud race but like did he is he really better on the ktm like is a bike really better um Jet Lawrence, you know, we know how good he is, but he has some issues. Like, is it really just a mud or are these guys really good? And Supercross is a whole different animal. And was Aaron Plessinger real? Well, the track allowed these guys to do that. I felt like in a, in a track that was really, God said it was hard to pass on. There was actually a lot of passing happening, um, of the racetrack. Like it was a hard track to pass on, but it was a track you can make a lot of passes on. And I know that doesn't make any sense, but the reason why it was a track you can make passes on because they had a lot of 180s and you saw a lot of passes like guys could make passes. What you couldn't do, the reason why it was hard to make passes on is if you were in a bunch, like if you had a guy in front of you and right behind you, it was a track that was hard to pass on because you had to open up. You had to leave that line open to be able to make a pass on the guy. On, on in front of you. So if guys on the inside, you're gonna to go to the outside. Well, if you got somebody behind you, once you go to the outside, it's a little bit slower in the beginning. Then that guy has to run in um, behind you on the inside. So that's why you saw a lot of guys make passes, like when those 250 guys, the future class, when they were going back and forth, that's your track that's got a lot of passing lines. But then when you saw like Eli Tomac, Chase Sexton, they couldn't make any passes, and the reason they couldn't do that is because they were bunched up. And so it was a weird track that, again. It was a hard track to make passes on in groups, but it was a lot of opportunities to make passes on if you were just, you know, one or two guys. So, um, overall, I think the track was pretty good. I know they talked about dirt. Um, to me, it looked like the older Anaheim where the, I would say the years past, the dirt's been pretty like sticky where you're starting to get ruts for this year. I felt like the moisture came out and it was really, um, it got slippery and I think it caught up, uh, caught out a few guys, and, and then you can see some of the nuances in the bike setups between you know, Honda, KTM, Kawasaki's, and we'll break down on a little bit. But overall, it was Anaheim 2. It was a good showing for everyone, and I think it told you a lot about where everyone is and where I think everybody's hopefully going to continue to go. And I think for us, that's good to see. That Ghostbusters home shot award to it. Sexton Prado just got nudged. So Chase Sexton oh. the lead. Jen Lord's down. Round one. Fight. In the Triple Crown, you get three rounds. So this weekend, there was. A, it seemed like after San Diego and even San Francisco, there was just a lot of stuff going on. Like a lot of drama that had to do with what happened on the racetrack, but it was altercations off the racetrack. You know, you had tweets sent around the world. You had people paying fines out of other people's money. You know, you had a lot of stuff going on. But it wasn't really just strictly about racing, even though we were talking about the drama that had to deal with racing. But you know what I mean. It was just a lot of stuff. So this one, round one, Jay Sexton pulls a whole shot. He's out front. Dominate. Gone. Dominate. And it's going to be a theme of the night because, as you saw, whoever got out front, got out front, they were gone. Like Chase Sexton, that first one, looked good, gone. And then you had Cooper Webb, Jason Anderson, they were battling. We had Jet Lawrence go off, no fault of his own, but it was completely his fault that he went down, just racing. Nobody's fault, but it was his. And then he had to make his way up through the pack, but we saw some things that was going through, you know, making some mistakes. But Overall, that first race was pretty boring. Chase Sexton looked like a new version of Ryan Dungy. Out front, just gone, ain't doing nothing special, and just made it look easy. It looked like, okay, this is different. He's going very fast, but he looks like he's going slow. He looks like he's in control, which is opposite of what we normally see in the past with Chase Sexton. Like we always see uh, with him... Like, dude, he looks so fast. Like, he, he visually looks fast and he looks smooth, but he also looks like, you know, he could hit the ground at some point because he's going fast. Where this year, that first triple crown, like, he looked fast. I mean, he was going fast. He looked slow doing it. And it looked like he could ride that pace all day long, but nobody can catch him. So before, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, all right, that's pretty good. But we also saw that was a theme. And going back to the way the track conditions, and I was saying it was hard to pass, um, but you can make a lot of passes. I think part of the reason why guys were able to get away in each race was because the guy that got up front, if he got that gap, the guys in second, if they were bunched up, which they were in the first, um, especially that first race, they were trying to pass each other. They were blocking. And if Jason Anderson was faster than Cooper, he had to go outside, which left the door open for somebody else and those guys would battle each other and they would lose that time where it would just allow the guy up front just to go so I think partly like the track really kind of dictated that and also the guys that were out front they just was able to hit the fast lines and not rush they would jump through the whoops like there was really no rush from the guys out front because they had a small gap and when you have a small gap on a track like this it's not like the mud race. two seconds is a lot harder to make up than it would be per se if it was a mud race or a track that had big rhythm sections. So overall, Chase killed it. Like, there ain't really nothing else to say. Dude Dude killed it. He looked good. And I think with his riding style, to me, he wrote this weekend, like he wrote last weekend, like he wrote the weekend before, like he wrote at Anaheim. Like, yeah. He'll get better, just like everyone else. Their bike setups, they'll get better. They'll get more comfortable. So in general, they'll go a little bit faster. But Chase didn't look any different than he did the previous couple weekends. Like he rode just like he rode. And you can tell that by the way he rode that second race and the way he rode that third race. So after being so dominant the first one, you would think he would have the confidence that if he didn't get a good start, he would make his way up like Jet Lawrence did. Now we will talk about jet in a second, but jet was able to make passes because he was going faster than everybody else. Like he was him and Jason Anderson was the only guy, uh, only guys on the track all night that actually came from the back to the front. No one else did not chase Sexton. He was dominant that first race and not Eli Tomac. He was dominant that third race. But when those guys got a bad start, they just finished where they finished that there was nothing else. And, um, so going back to Chase, I think a lot of that is what I've kind of been saying, the track and things are going to dictate how he finishes, because if he was going that much faster, the way it looked like he was so much in control, looked like he was doing it easy that first one, then he would have been able to make his way up. The fact is, I think there's a limit on his motorcycle. I think there's a limit where Chase is this year. And ultimately, for some guys, that went, that limit wouldn't be good. Well, I think for Chase Sexton, that limit is good because the difference to me when I watch him on the Honda and and KTM, I don't think one bike's better than another. I don't I don't think it is, but I think what it does is it allows one guy's riding style, or it it, it keeps Chase from making mis- some mistakes, or or it helps Jet go fast, or whatever it is. So when I look at Chase on the Honda and I look at Chase on the the KTM, it seems like to me that. Chase Chase's limit on the KTM, like that bike won't allow him to go to the points where he was going last year, where he was going so fast that he was mudding the line between hitting the ground. And he did a few times where I feel like Chase is still trying to figure out if he can go that fast. But when he tries to go that fast, the bike just does not work. Like he knows it's not set up for that, which in Chase Sexton, being a guy that has speed a lot, I think that helps him, because it's going to make him more of a consistent guy. It's going to make him just more solid. Well, the only negative to that is once you do that, then you have to, I think you have to take the races as they come. And especially in the triple crown, it's like he can be out front dominated that first race. And then that second race, he'll just get tenth. you know, and ride exactly the same. Like he's just going to be there. The third race, I think he rode the same. The only time that you saw Chase making some mistakes and you had a few moments is when he was trying to raise the game and he was trying to push that level. And that's why I was saying the difference between the Honda and uh, KTM. Well, Chase on the Honda, the Honda would allow him to really test that limit. Like the bike was set up to go really fast. Like there was a limit here where Chase could actually go above that. The bike was set up. It allow you to do that. Well, when, like I said, when you go that fast, it brings in other things. And I think for a guy like Chase Sexton, he's so talented, he's going to test those limits. Like, he's going to get to that point, and that's when he's going to hit the ground. So I think overall, the KTM, by not doing that, and they haven't figured that part out, um, is going to make Chase more of a championship threat. And like I said, just look at the results. That second race, he finished where he finished. And that third race, people were like, "Wow, oh, he let Jet Lawrence go. Should he have done that? I actually like it. Like, I like it. Why? Because it's telling me that Chase knows that. Like, he knows that limit. And he's going to do his best to ride in that limit. And I will tell you this, and you got to get Chase props. It takes a lot. It's it's a mental game to be able to do that. Like, to me, him doing that, especially being a guy that's been really good in triple crowns, being in, I'm pretty sure if I don't like Jet Lawrence because all the hype he's getting and all that, the guy on his old bike that essentially took his spot, the guy that's supposed to replace him, it's gonna be hard to let him go. Like it's gonna be hard to let that guy go by. And the fact is Chase did that tells me that he's like he he understands his position and he understands that it's a long game and I can win this thing, but I gotta be up. And the fact is he's aware of his bike, he's in tune with his motorcycle, and he's listening to the guys at KTM. We ain't there yet. We'll get there. So don't race this guy. And to me, that's a change to where your defending champion is getting better. Now, again, it's, as I said in the beginning of part of the season, Chase is going to have to learn to race this way. And so you can see him starting to learn to race this way, and it's been good. So um, to me, Chase is in a good spot. He's 1.2 points. I don't know. Jason got my math was off. I thought Anderson was where he was and he got penalized, but I you, you know how it is. I don't know. So Chase Chase is four points down. Chase is four points down. Thanks, Cole. Okay. Gotta help. Chase. Gotta help you out. I know finally you do something. If I ask him a question, people, he won't have to answer. But you won't tell me to answer when I ain't asked the question. I'll figure that. So Chase is in a good spot. He's in a good spot. So look back at to it. He's good, and he's riding the same as he has all year. And I think he would continue. So, um, as I said, he's four, point, four, four points down. Wait. He four points down. He good. I know he four. I was adding. Subtracting. Anyways, so that was him. So, the, the counter to that, since we're talking about Chase Sexton, let's talk about Jet Lawrence because – he was the guy going into um, this week that I said last weekend that when you look at, I felt like you had Chase Sexton. When his finish last weekend was not going to affect his confidence. It was going to be just like after he won. And I felt like even coming to this weekend, Jet Lawrence was going to be, it wasn't, his confidence wasn't rattled. He was like, no, he like the mud. I'm going back to Anaheim when I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Well, he didn't win. But going into this weekend, I felt like Jet was confident. So we were looking for a bounce back performance. And it was up and down with Jet. Like it was up and down. Not not the way he rode. Because I think the kid rode good. But I I think there's some, um, like we can break down why things have happened. Like the, he went down the first corner, uh, the first one. It wasn't his fault, but it was his fault. Racing. Nobody's fault, but it was Jet's fault. It happens to everybody. But then you saw him make some mistakes. Like he was making mistakes through the whoops. And um I just like the mud races, I think as when you look at his motorcycle, it looks a little stiff. And I know this because I actually know this. Like I that's what my bike would look like. And that's why when you see Jet, He was going through the whoops. And what we saw all summer long, like you didn't see this part. But then when you start looking at the way certain tracks and little things, when I was like in the summer, I'm like, nah, he trying, he trying, like he on that limit, but he like chases even on that limit more. You can see it coming. Well, I think Jet, what happens with him and what happened this weekend is there's a way to go fast and there's a way he is fast, like Jet I believe, isn't the Eli Tomac fast. Like, he ain't like, I'm just going to go harder through this jump than everyone else. Like, I'm just visually going to look like I'm going to go faster into this stuff. Jet does it in a different way. Like, he jumps on, like, he's very, he's very precise in a way of going fast. Like, he jumps, like, he's smooth going around the racetrack. Well, when he's coming up through the pack and he has to try to get around people, I feel like this year... He's been trying to go fast, like just faster through a section than anyone else. And I think the way he rides and the way the bike is set up, it doesn't necessarily like work to where it's more mistakes from Jet Lawrence, like it's it's more mistakes. For instance, I think if Jet would have been out front, he would have ran off all three races. Like, he would have walked away from those guys. Why? Because they would have had to go fast to pass him. And that's going to be a hard task. As we've seen, it was hard. Anybody that was leading the race, it was hard to go faster than them. Well, Jet still young, and he wanted to go faster than Eli Tomac. And you saw what was happening. In fact, I was like, I think he's going to crash. Like, I think he's going to crash. And this, was an, this wasn't even a shot to Jet. I just know what you know what he's young and it would, it was the first time he actually raced Eli Tomac. So for him knowing he knows history, it would have been a big feather in his cat, uh, his cap to beat Eli and catch him. And he would have done something that nobody did all night long was actually run that leader down. That was out front. They, they didn't do it. At the previous main event, um, and I think it would have been a big knock to Eli Tomac as well. Like if Jet would have caught him, then he'd be like, damn, this kid is good. Like he, it is good. Nobody else caught me, but he did. So he couldn't do it. And you could saw those mistakes. But going back to the motorcycle, um, as I was saying, Jet goes fast around the racetrack in different ways. Like he he floats across stuff. So when he starts like bulldogging through it, you can notice his motorcycle doesn't necessarily handle as well. And it's not that the Honda doesn't handle well. It's just the way that I believe Jet, when he got, got in that situation, he changed the way he rode. And so you do all these set, setting up your motorcycle a certain way during the track. Your speed is your game. This is how you do it. And you kind of change that a little bit. Well, it's not going to be uh, mysterious or why it looks like you're sketchy. For instance, those whoops. I go back to the jumping through the whoops in the mud and why his bike. Well, Jet... His bike's not set up jump to the whoops. Like, it's not. It's too stiff. It's not set up. If you watch him land right before the finish line, we saw Jed almost crash a few times. Like, he landed off that triple um, heading into that uh, 180 before the finish line, that right-handed 180, and he would land, and everything would be fine. He'd go to lean, and that thing would just ricochet off it. You saw that a lot of spots. And so when you're trying to catch somebody and go that fast on a slippery racetrack, Then you bring all that into account because you can't just, with that track, the only way to make up time is really to do what Jet was trying to do, which is go faster. The safest way was jumping through the whoops. A lot of race wins. Oh, Lawrence had made the pass. And then what happens? Oh, he went sideways. As he went sideways through the whoops, as his bike lands, looks like it almost stalls out or maybe hits the back brake. So with Jet's bike set up, it's stiff. And you could tell, like, maybe this couple last week or so, maybe they went a, s- a little bit softer. But overall, like, the initial part is stiff. It's like an apple pie. The crust on the top and then it's soft. Or I guess reverse apple pie because it would be the bottom. But nonetheless, you get what I'm saying. Like, his bike is stiff on the top and then it's kind of, it softens up. And as I said, like, the way Jet goes fast, he doesn't go fast like an Eli Tomac where he's just going to run into stuff really hard. Like He's going to go fast by hopping over and being calculated and making some creative lines. Well, if you think about the way his bike is set up, it's set up to be creative, hop into stuff and be able to do things a little bit different because initially it's stiff, which allows him to slow down on some stuff and then use, because the bike is stiff initially, it springs the initial part. He can hop on the stuff, but then it's soft to allow him to be able to get into stuff So it's like a stiff setup to be able to get over. And then it's soft enough to be able to soak it up. And that allows Jet Lawrence to do the creative things where if he was going to go fast like Eli Tomac or bulldozing it, then it would be the opposite. It would be initially it would be soft because you're going to run into stuff really hard, but then you want the thing to hold up in the bottom. So it would be like it'd give and then it would hold up. So it's kind of the opposite. Well, you saw it this weekend. Jet was starting to ride like he was almost trying to bulldoze through the stuff. And that's where I saw a lot of mistakes. Like, for instance, like the whoops, his bike would be okay when he's under acceleration. Like, if he got in the whoop straight, as long as he's on the gas, his bike is okay because it's breaking through that initial part of the stroke. When he slows down, that's when the initial part comes up because then you start seeing the thing dance around. And Jet Lawrence could not stop. Like, once he started blitzing through those whoops, Like he had to pin it because once he slowed down, the thing would jump around. It's back high up in there. And the same thing that was happening right before the finish line, like he would land off that triple. The bike would blow through that initial part. It would get into the normal. It's soft. But once it starts coming back up, the rebound and that initial part, he would just lose the front end. So I think a lot of these things that you're starting to see with Jet um, is there's a certain type of way like he's, he goes fast and Anaheim won. He gets out front, he makes passes. And just like what he's doing in motocross, he's out front. He dictates the race. He's going to beat you. Like he's going to beat you because he's going to be able to ride his own lines, just like everybody else did. But if he has to come up to the pack and then he starts riding a different way than he normally rides, then it brings in more opportunities to make mistakes when jet settles down. And he did a couple of times, like he settled down in that first race. Then he started running, like he started running these guys down. He was really fast. The reason he settled down, because he wasn't in battles. like he would catch a guy and then, yeah, maybe he'd be stuck behind him. But then eventually he would give a, get, uh, get past him. It is when Jet gets into battles and then he has to go fast in a section. And that's when you kind of see the nuances in his bike. And for instance, just even jumping through whoops. Reason why he struggles through there again? You got to be patient. And normally, a guy like Jet Lawrence, how fast he, his, how good he is. And you said Jay, he is patient. You know his bike, he hops over stuff. You got to be patient. That's his speed. Well, when you go jumping through the whoops, that's more on a bike setup. So you got to be patient to be able to do that. Which well, why I struggle going through it. I just never patient. I just want to run through everything. But yeah. The way having a stiff initial motorcycle does not allow that bike, allow him to be able to jump through the whoop. So nonetheless, I just see Jet struggling with the bike a little bit more. And before people start saying, that's exactly what Chase Sexton went through last year, I don't necessarily think that's it. Like, I don't think the crashes and the results and what's going on are the same. Like, I don't believe Honda has a problem with Crashing like the bikes not throwing him over. Cause dude, just one, he's your defending supercross champion. He won that on Honda. And then two, Jet just won everything on Honda. I do believe there's ways to ride that motorcycle and not necessarily take as many chances. And I believe what Jet is starting to figure out that if you're gonna ride this pace, then you gotta set your motorcycle up that way. Because the bike allows you to go that way, but it won't allow you to go that way with your current setup. So It's like figuring out that point where I feel like last year we kept saying with Chase, like he would get there and he just kept doing the same thing. He kept doing the same thing, kept doing the same thing. And I believe some of that was technique and also some of that was not adjusting. Okay, if you're going to ride that way and it goes for everyone, if you're going to ride at 80% at the test track and then ride at 100% at the race, then you're going to have a problem, right? Like, you're going to go faster at the race than you do when you're testing and you're setting your motorcycle up, you're going to have a problem. Well, I feel like that was kind of happening. Like, he would go more than 95 100%. He would go faster at a race. He would push those limits, but not realizing that it's not set up to go that way because you didn't set it up to go that way. If you want to go that fast, then you have to set it up at home to go that fast at the racetrack. And that's where I go back to saying, like, I don't think the crashes are the same. I don't think that the Honda and, um, you know, it, it was because of that, even though I just said in hindsight, it was because of that. No. So Jet Lawrence and Chase Sexton, they ride similar light, but they ride completely different. Like I think Jet has a little bit more technique as far as more fun, uh, fundamentally sound on his motorcycle, the way he grips his bike. We already talked about that with Chase. Let's not even go that route. I just think with Chase, the KTM allow like the KTM is this level. Like it's this level. It's fast. It's dominant. It's first the uh, triple crown round one, the first moto. It's that. It's also when he gets a distant third place, same level. The bike, it's and I think for a guy like Chase Sexton that's been known to go fast, I think that level helps him. And I just talked about that when we were talking about Chase, where I feel like Jet Lawrence. He can run that level on the Honda, which he does that. But going back to like, okay, if you're going to go that fast and you're going to change the way you set your bike up and the way you ride your bike and going fast, it's not necessarily going to work that way. You got to back back down. That's where I say the differences in between last year with Chase and this year with Jet, they're different. Jet's motorcycle is not set up to go that fast when he tested that, where I feel like Chase, he kept just doing the same thing. And expecting like different results. I would be shocked if Jet Lawrence kept riding like he did this weekend. And let's say he had to ride more like an Eli Tomac, I'd be shocked if he kept crashing. Be shocked. Because he knows the difference. It's pretty obvious that when he settles in, he can go two seconds faster than everybody else in a different way. But when he rides and he pushes in certain spots that he normally doesn't, and he doesn't ride like how Jet goes... He has more mistakes because the bike's not set up that way. He's going to have issues. So I believe if Jet would have got on, if Jet, you put Jet Lawrence on a KTM right now, he would struggle. I don't think that bike's set up for him. Why? Because the way Jet rides and the way he goes faster through things, the KTM is not necessarily is good for him how, in the spots that he's good at. Like Jet's good at Hopping through stuff. Jet's good at being super light and pushing. So Jet needs the Honda. Jet needs that stiff motorcycle where I feel like um, if you put him on that, he would struggle. And so coming to this weekend, as I said, I would listen to Jet. Um, I felt like he was still confidence going into it and and it showed. And I feel like Jason, he was just trying to move on. Like I said, it wasn't there yet. Like he wasn't going to be racing to not jet down like it wasn't there I believe Jet and Jason, um, and particularly Jason, wrote really good this weekend. Like, out of all the people, they were the only two that actually came up to the pack. Like, they were the only ones that got a bad start and moved their way up. Only two. But they did it in different ways. Like, Jet did it because he's like, I'm just better. I'm going to wheel my way around the racetrack. I'm just feet hanging off, unlike how smooth I've always been. You know how fast I am, you know how good I look. I don't blow back here. I'm just going to the front, even though that maybe it's not set up to go to the front or I'm taking chances. I'm just going to do it. Or well, Jason actually was going through the front, and he was racing the racetrack. like he was able to continue to race the racetrack, and his bike looked really good. Like the Kawasakis I've said it last couple of years, but last year and this year, like the way Anaheim went, the track got slippery. Well, that bike has a lot of traction. Like it's the one motorcycle out there that I said it works good everywhere. Like it works on a hard pack. It works slippery. It works on sand. It works in mud. Like it's an overall good motorcycle. I wouldn't even say it's great anywhere. It's just good everywhere. And when you watch Jason, look at his motorcycle. Like he was disrespecting the whoops. Like he was the one guy, even more than Jet Lawrence. Like he was the one guy that actually looked like he was attacking the racetrack. Like he was attacking it. He would come out the corner, going into the whoops, and he had no regards on how he was gonna get in there. Like he was just going like in his bike would allow him to do that. And the reason was the reason why he was able to do that is because it's softer in the rear. Like I feel like the Kawasaki is a little bit longer motorcycle, which means if it's longer, things happen slower. Like the longer the motorcycle is kicking the front end out, um, triple clamps and all that, it happens slower. So he has more time to react to it instead of if it was quick, twitchy, things will happen really quick. So for him, the bike being longer, slower to happen, and it gives it more traction. Well, when the track breaks down and it gets slippery like it is, just like it was at Tampa, just like it was at Anaheim 1, he has more traction because the bike looks longer and that is softer. Well, when the bike gets longer, it tends to change the way the bike is set up. Like it's not so centered like all the weight's not centered it's kind of more balanced and I think the Kawasaki does a really good job is being really balanced all the way through they've been talking about the years that Yamaha they more centered the mask like they centered the bike all the weight tries to be on the front um in the middle help balance the motorcycle out well I still feel like the way I look at the Kawasaki it looks like there's weight on the front it looks like there's weight in the middle it looks like there's weight on the back so overall it makes it for a really just even kill motorcycle, which means he can ride it whatever way he wants to ride it. Like he gets off the back. It's not like all the weights on the back. So the thing's going to be front and high. So overall, my point is when you watch Jason, he is racing that racetrack. And when the tracks get slippery, he is able to race it. Like that's the fastest he can go where other guys, you can tell maybe they go a little bit faster, but they can't race it. Overall around the racetrack, Jason is going to be faster than those guys because he's able to just be on the gas. It almost looks like his bike is slow. Like the way it he comes out the corner, it looks like it's slow because he has so much traction. And looks like he's riding a 250F compared to the 450 guys. Um, when he comes out the corner, it looks like his bike's slow. And the reason it looks like that is, again, because he has traction. I just think with Jason... The confidence that he was able to gain off of what he did this weekend, the confidence that he was able to gain from that second race and being so dominant. And even the confidence that what happened last weekend, not even on the track. Yeah, he got beat by Jet Lawrence. Yeah, they got in a little tussle. Yeah, he touched me. Yeah, I got fined. Yeah, he said he was going to pay. Yeah, he apologized. But the fact is, the way the fans reacted, they were almost giving him more confidence. Like, yeah, go, Jason. Like, yeah, that's not right kind of had more confidence going into him that you're in this dude's head and that he rode good that first race but then he dominated that second one and he felt comfortable on riding that racetrack when that track a lot of guys were hitting the ground. Yeah, he hit the ground and he decided to go around the whoops. Yeah, he did the opposite of what my brother did last year. My brother slowed down. He was shifting down. Jason Alhambra was like shift. You know what I mean? He wasn't happy and he got fine but overall he was comfortable. Like he was really comfortable and so The fact is, he is a defending champion. The fact is, he's right there. The fact is, I think his bike's better this year than it was last year. And they're watching all the other circumstances. There's not one dominant guy, even though we're waiting for that one dominant guy. I think Alhambra is getting all this confidence. And you can see it play into the way he is racing. And his bike is set up to ride. The thing's soft in the rear. When you're riding a motorcycle that's like that, I feel like it's, for me, it would be like riding an elevation. Like you go to um, Utah, you just get more aggressive. Guys that ride the 450, then they get into 250, they feel like they just can bull, like ride that motorcycle whatever way they want. They feel like they can RJ it. Well, Jason Anderson, the way his bike's set up, he feels like he can ride it like a 250F, and that showed last weekend, and it showed because he was clearly fast, and I think if I'm Jason... I'm looking at, I was able to do something even better than Jet. I was able to do something that no one can do. Cooper Webb ended up winning the overall. Chase Sexton dominated that first race. Eli dominated that third race. But when they were where I was, even I wouldn't even say they were as far as back. They couldn't do what I did. So to me, I was the best performing dude out there when you look at the sense of I was really fast. Oh, I had a dominant race. Like, Jason, that third, that second race, dude, he looked like he just... Like Aaron Plessinger, like, dude, like, why wouldn't he win all of them? I think Jason looked better than anyone. I, Chase Sexton looked good. Eli looked good. Jason looked great, that second one. So considering all that, the way his bike is, I think El Hombre is right there. And you just got to give Kawasaki props because he was the only one racing that racetrack in a way that his bike was allowing him to almost look like he was having fun. And that's been the case all the last couple of years, but really I noticed that this year El Hambre is in a good spot. Yeah, on certain soft tracks, you go to Atlanta and it's really sticky, it might not work as well there as it is hard packed. Because once it does get soft, you kind of want the bike to be more, I guess, lively. And the fact is that it's lower in the rear end, a little bit softer, it might struggle. But overall, Jason has a motorcycle that can compete and El Humbre knows how to get it done. I thought his motorcycle looked pretty good, and Jason looked great. <laughs> it's one thing to get the red plate. It's another thing to keep it through a dry round of Supercross like this. And, man, the track was so gnarly. And then we got Aaron Plessinger, your points later. Aaron was riding, like I said, he's better this year. Just overall, the KTM is better. He's in a good spot. And considering that, I believe Aaron has somewhat a little bit less pressure on him even though he's got the red plate all the focus is on chase sexton so i think that comes in the fact that it it allows aaron which is a you know just a happy guy in general it allows him to be even more happy because everybody's focused on chase like chase was ktm's i guess number one hope on winning the title so now he's in there he's riding better the bike is good and the bike has probably got elevated because the chase has been there they're helping each other and when you take consider like he's his finishes have been more consistent than chase like chase got that 10th place or 11th place in that second one and, and chase he went down last weekend aaron won but aaron's been more there i guess more of a threat than even chase sexton um over this race. So for Aaron, you just got to believe that one, he's got a red plate. Awesome. Teams, not all in on him, which they're all in on him, but they're not all in him. Like if he doesn't win the championship, it's not going to be a failure. Like they're probably pretty pumped. Um, Adam right now, whatever he finish, they're going to be pumped. So to be able to hold it on for this week, you can tell going into this race, like he was excited. He had that first race. He was spunky, you know, and he lost a touch, but he was like fourth, fifth. He was just consistent throughout the whole thing. Like So for me, Aaron Plessinger doesn't have that win and then a 10. Like, Aaron Plessinger just might have thirds and stuff. So he's been doing exactly what he's been doing all year long. And I feel like with him, his riding style and as I said last weekend, they might mess around and I wouldn't be surprised if he was able to somewhat become a title contender considering that everyone has their limits or if Aaron's the most consistent guy and he's going to be there week in and week out. And he's probably the most relaxed guy of all those. You got to put him in a title threat because he's been there, done that. He's won a title before. And his attitude is going to allow him, and the way everybody looks at him, he's not going to be on top of their priority list yet because of finishes like he did this weekend. Yeah, he has the red plate. But I don't think anybody was still looking at him as if Chase Sexton had the red plate or Jet Lawrence had the red plate. They look at him differently. Aaron Plesson are going to keep doing this thing and he's going to win some races. And then you'll see where you're in. So AP, keep it on number seven, which looks good, by the way. He's solid. We had Chase Sexton win that first one. Dominant. Dominant. But I said he looked the same as he did all year long. Then you had El Humbre, Dominant. Win that second one. Dominant. His bike looked racy. He looked really good. And then you had Eli Tomac. Win that third one. Dominant. Dominant. But it was different. It was different. The way he won that third race was like Eli of last year, of the Eli Tomac, that dominant one. But is he back? I'm still, like, unsure. The reason I say that is, no, was I surprised that Eli won that third race? Yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit. Not really, but I was. I was expecting Jet to actually catch him. But then it told me, I'm like, dude, I'm talking about Eli Tomac, like, dude's good, dude. I thought if Eli's on form, Jet's on form, you're gonna have a hell of a race, and you had a hell of a race. They were just separated, so it was no race. But Jet was trying, and eventually he hit the ground. But it's not surprising that Eli rode that way. The reason I say I'm not sure if he's back because if you watch those first two races, at one point in each other. Eli was coming up to the pack like Eli all day long. He was spunky. It's the best I've seen the Eli Rod all year, except for outside of the press day at Anaheim. It was the one time that I'm like, dude, he looked like he's spunky. He looked like Tomac's like back. But the reason I say I'm not sure is because in that first race, he was coming up to the pack and then things happened and he wasn't able to get past people. And then he just stalled out. It kind of reminds me of Eli Tomac in the past. And y'all remember this. It used to be known about Eli. Beast mode's coming. He's coming up through the pack. You got to stop him. Like, you just got to get in his way. Don't let him run past you. Like, if he gets in front of you, you better pass him back. And if you used to be able to do that, then you had a chance to beat him. But if you allowed him to stay in front of you and not stop that roll, he was going to keep rolling. Like, nothing you can do. But stopping him and passing him back used to be the issue for Eli. It would stall that momentum, and then you had a chance. Then the last couple of years, you could do that, but he still was gonna beat you. Like there was nothing that was gonna affect him. Like he still, it was almost like he realized that I just caught you. So clearly I'm faster. So if you get in my way, you're just trying to slow me down. But I'm still faster. I'll just regroup and I'll pass you back. And I think with little Johnny coming in and everything else, he was nothing bothered him. So when I say I I'm, I'm not sure if Eli's back, I feel like There's a part of him that's the older Eli. And Eli, don't kill me. Don't kill me. I mean, this is all positive way. What I'm saying is like what I saw when I say, like, I don't know if he can twist that throttle is when he's coming up through the back of the pack and he's trying to make those passes and things aren't going good. And he's like, do I take that chance? And I'm going to hit the gas like Jet Lawrence and maybe make some mistakes. And I might hit the ground like Jet Lawrence did. Like, am I going to do that? Like, am I gonna do that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. Achilles is tacked, but is it intact? Like, do I want to hit it? Is he gonna crash like he did last year? Because you remember at Triple Crown last year, Eli was not to be denied. Like he was coming up. We were like, damn, like damn, like Eli. He's still like. We were shocked that what he was doing. The fact is, when he crashed, we were like, whoa, like whoa. Like, that dude wants to win that bad that he's willing to, like, dominate. Like, he probably had the overall whatever. But I don't think he's going to do that this year. And if before you say, like, well, he did that last year, Jay. Like, sometimes he would get, like, eighth. They're different. Like, Eli got eighth because of whatever else was happening around him. Like, he got eighth because Chase Sexton hit the ground. He's like, well, I'm I'm already winning. He already hit the ground, so I'm beating the person I need to beat. So I'm just going to get eighth. Well, I feel like this year he might be getting eighth because he ain't willing to get seventh. Like he ain't gonna go that fast, and he ain't willing to hit that ground. And I think that's what I see. So when I see him dominate that third race, considering that everybody that won that won the races that night was pretty dominant, so Eli didn't do anything different than Chase Sexton, and he didn't do anything different than Jason Anderson. And when he was out front, he looked just like he did when he was in the back of the pack, like he looked good and Eli's that good that he could do that. I don't know if I noticed anything different. The only thing that could change is that now, as I was saying, does that second place make Eli, when he's sitting at home, does that second place feel like I was a second place? Like I would, I'm just second best. Chase was good and I was probably fast. I just made mistakes. I should have won, but I didn't win, but I'm back. Does he feel like that? Because after that second place, I was like, I don't know if he feels like that's uh oh, like that's what it is. I feel like he just ended up getting a good start, guys fell, blah, blah, blah. He ended up there. Does he feel like this race, like I held Jet Lawrence off? I made him crash, I pulled away from everybody. And if it wasn't for some bad starts, I probably could have done this every every race in the triple crown. Does his mindset change to where he's sitting at home this week and B-Smoke comes back because he believes that what he was able to do brings him back. And now he's going to twist the throttle because he's like, I can do it rather than like, I'm not sure if I can do it. So if things are changing, it's going to be because of that. Because what I saw the first and second race, he didn't ride any different that third race. So the jewelry still out on that. So if he comes back this weekend and dominates, then I retract everything I said. And I believe just like I thought Tomac he is good enough to dominate these fools, clearly. He is good enough to make Jet Lawrence fall. I think Jet Lawrence probably would have caught Chase. I think he probably would have caught Chase. I don't know if you would have El Hambre, but the fact is he didn't catch Eli is because Eli is that good, and Eli was riding that way. The only way things are going to figure out for Eli is when he, when he does what Jet Lawrence did or Jason Anderson and come up through the pack— as he knows, like the only place he belongs is up front. That mindset is when I say Eli Tomac is back. So for me, I'm like stoked. I'm stoked because it, he clearly shows that he could win. I never thought he couldn't win. He clearly shows that. I think he's trying to to get to that point, and hopefully, that win it could be a big thing moving forward. But Eli knows. When he gets through that pack and when no one on that racetrack is going to stop Eli from going up front, like no one, just like Jason came up through that pack, like he knew his motorcycle was good enough that I'm going around all these cats and Jet Lawrence knew my motorcycle might not be good enough, but I don't belong back here. And so I'm going up past all these fools when Eli rides like that, which he did in the past, then that beast mode is going to be back but clearly he's fast clearly he knows how to win and clearly if things happen and he's out front he can close the deal but when you talk about championship and fully he's back to being the best he's ever had when he comes up through the pack like that then i would say beast mode's back these guys better watch out cuz clearly he has the speed to do it and that part i haven't seen but he is riding better right now it's just that mental part that he has to figure it out. And before y'all say, well, wow, it wasn't hard to, pass, hard to pass on. Some people can't do it. Well, Jason did it and Jet did it. And they did it because they were just going to the front. They was making it happen. They didn't care. They're just going to the front. And that's what Eli has to do. And I know that's what Eli can do. He was trying to do that the first race and he couldn't. And so what was that? Track, whatever, bike setup, we'll find out. But he was back. It was good to see the beast bow back. And the next guy, the one guy I haven't really talked about. Why haven't talked about him? I don't know. Because it was just what he does. He didn't do nothing different than he has all year long. And I said, oh, I saw enough at Charlotte last year to realize that he was in a better spot. And I did wonder, was he going to get like a third place, like 40 seconds back? Third place? Or would he be third place like competing? Well, that first race showed up. He showed up. And he was like, he did some stuff different. The bite looked like it worked good for him. And he just looked like he was just mad. He was just mad. Everybody talking about everybody else but him. And he was like there. And then this weekend, he was like there. He didn't do nothing, but he was like a problem. He did everything he needed to do. He didn't do nothing. And that's Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb, y'all talking about Jet Lawrence. Y'all talking about Jason Anderson. Y'all talking about Aaron Blessinger? Well, who ends up winning this thing was me, Chase Sexton, dominant. Yeah, he, like, ran off, but he didn't run too far off. Like, he didn't run too far off. And then Jason Anderson, dominant. Like, he ran off. He kind of ran off a little bit more and chased it, but he didn't run too far off. And then you had the third race. Well, you know, Jason fell. He was going fast down the side. I already knew. I already know what happened, so I ain't really worried about him. So I shut it down. Then I almost shut it down too much because that ain't what I do. And then Jason came up, and most people, he probably would have passed most people, but he ain't going to pass me because I'm just that guy. Cooper Webb didn't do anything spectacular this weekend, but he was spectacular. Why? Because he was able to win. And you just see it. You saw it last weekend. What I noticed on the reel with Cooper is that he's got like a sneaky like evilness about him. Like a sneaky confident. Like he's like that friend that's like, oh, I'm going to help you. But really, like I'm really causing all the issues, but I'm going to smile what he did with Chase Sexton last weekend, like, yeah, I know. He knows what's up. He knows what's up. The way he hit that ground that first race, he got back up. You know, but he was like there. I see Cooper Webb just the best version of himself, really. Like, I think the bike works really good for him. I think he's really confident, um, comfortable in the motorcycle. I think he does have the speed. And I think with everything else that's surrounding him, I think there's so many storylines and people are talking about kind of like Aaron Plessinger. They're talking about everything else, but this two-time champion that was really within three races of winning the title last year. They're talking about them, and he's sneaking in there. And I think again, he's riding the best he's ever had. And Eli Tomac is Yamaha. I would say probably prize and joy of most likely to win the title if he's healthy going into the championship. So he has a little bit of like Aaron Plessinger, which kind of feeds the the demon in Cooper in a different way than it does Aaron. Aaron probably gets more relaxed. Cooper probably gets more mad and he don't like that. But overall, he didn't do anything. But what he did do is everything he needed to do. And what he needed to do was something he hasn't done since last year. Yeah, we talked about like, oh man, he could have if he would have got an Elvin Hombre, he might have won. he might have won Anaheim, or if Chase wouldn't, have, you know, forgot about mosquito and looked down and got in his way, he might have won last weekend. And this weekend, he didn't even win, but he won. And what he win called hit a point, son it's I, on fire. I clicked it. Hang on. What the f-? Cooper. Hang on. They don't even give you one. Why? Because you didn't even win. Give me a second. You don't even get a neck burn. Oh. You can't even get it. You know what? I I It's going to be in the show. It's going to be a neck burn that wasn't a neck burn. Why? Because you really didn't get a neck burn. Like, you didn't get a neck burn. Why you didn't get a neck burn? Because you didn't win. It just added up to where you won. But we know you won because you made it happen. You won. So in a race that you didn't do anything and you didn't win, why would you get a neck burn? Because the only time you get a neck burn is you actually cross check, and flat first, and you didn't do that. But you won, and you got the most points out of everybody, and your name was on first, even though you never finished first. So neck burn. Cooper's neck's on fire. Neck burn. Our show knows. The computer knows. He's like, I ain't giving out no default. That boy better win a race. He better win a race because I ain't hitting it. So, I don't know, but Cooper, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And I'm going to talk about 250 class real quick. That class awesome. That class awesome. Jordan Smith, I actually think he did send that text, and he got dumped. But then he got back up, and then he got dumped again, and then he got back up. And then he realized, like, you know what? Third time's a charm. Like, third time's a charm. Like, I'm still cool. And I think Jordan Smith actually riding solid. I think he's actually the best. I thought he looked all year, really. And the fact is, this tells me more about Jordan Smith than anything else. That he's actually in this thing because I would say years past, Jordan Smith would have turned that one crash into a bunch of other crashes. And he probably wouldn't have finished. But Jordan Smith is a different person in my opinion. And so he's able to come back. And I thought he rode great that first race. I thought he rode great that second race. And I don't even know what he finished the third race. What did he finish, Cole? Fourth. And I thought he rode great that third fourth race. Third wait, you got third and fourth race, but what you get what did he get in the second race? Because he got second and or he got fourth in the third race. He got got eighth. So he went four eight four. 4, eight, four. Okay. Four eight four. four eight four. Four eight four equals four, right? He got fourth.
1: Correct. Uh, no, four.
0: sorry, he got fifth. Okay. Four eight four equals fifth. And then what did Cooper get? Cooper Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. He he went two two five. Okay. Okay. All right. So the math's a little off. He went four eight four equals five. Cooper Webb went two two five equals one. That's my type of math. That's how my math is. Don't matter how it is, just in the eye out the look here go right go right go right follow the finger the finger knows where it's going the mouth might not brain might not know where it's going follow the finger go left wait you know just follow the finger so jordan smith i believe the results 484 equals five he wasn't a fifth place guy and he still has the red plate and i believe jordan smith I saw enough to be like, all right, he's different. That that could have been catastrophe, could have been catastrophe, but it wasn't. And then you got RJ. RJ was like going back to Jason Anderson, the bike setup. His bike looked awesome. It looked like it was at altitude. It looked like it was slow, but obviously it's not slow. But the reason it looked slow, is just like I said, Jason Anderson bike, it had traction and he had no authority for anybody. He was slapping the whoops. And he was like, didn't care, but maybe he should have had a little more authority because then the whoop caught him. But if you want to break that down, it's because he overjumped that whoop. If you look at his front end, his front end went a little too far and the bike didn't rebound like he thought it was. And he just jumped off the side of the track. Now, that was different than the way RJ was riding. RJ was blitzing the whoops. His bike was set up to blitz the whoops and not set up where he couldn't jump it, but set up where his suspension is soft. It's better. Even with Jason, like it's faster to blitz the whoops. Somewhat, it's when your bike is set up that way, it's easier to blitz the whoops than jumping. I know what people say. They start jumping because it's easier. Well, it's easier because your bike's not set up to actually go the other way. Well, it's easier when your bike's just awesome and it just works awesome and you just can't do anything wrong. And the only thing you got to worry about is a flat tire. That never happened since like what, McGrath in 97 at Charlotte? Like literally a flat tire. And I think RJ said like that possibly caused this crash in the whoops. I could I don't know if I know about that. I think after he hit, then maybe, you know, the popcorn stick got caught up and popped his tire, but I don't think that's the reason it is. But my point is, people, RJ dad one of those weird crashes like he had, but his bike was awesome. And then which left. The kitchen wide open. And when you start saying like I was like Mitch was going to beat, beat him. He was going to roll that wheel over like Levi is doing like a fresh pair of jeans. Like he just look, he's in the window in the mannequin. It just looks good. It looks good. I want to buy them jeans. I want to buy them Levi's. I want to go to that kitchen. And that kitchen was open. It was giving free breakfast to everybody. It was free pancake Tuesday. It was Friday taco Tuesday up in there. Levi looked good. Levi looks good, his bite looks good, he looks happy. And as I said in the beginning part of the season, some teams just personalities just make situation like better. I think that was a perfect team for him. I know Star Racing Yamaha, they be having babies over there like none other. Like it's a nursery. Over at Star Racing Yamaha, they got the next after the next after the next champion. They got the champion that's been thought about, that my son's champion, when he's going to meet his old lady in 20 years and have a baby champion. Star Racing got that thing brewing up in Tallahassee. That's how many babies they got. Well, Mitch Payton, he got baby, but he adopted his and they're a little boring, like, they got talent, but they need a little attitude check. Well, that's what Mitch Payton does. And what you're seeing is Levi keeping the kitchen open. And, yeah, I know before we said, yeah, he won last year. He won last year. But this year was different. This year was different. I felt like last year, yeah, like, damn, I, damn, he beat Jet. Like, he beat Jet. Well, this year, I'm like, huh, yeah, Levi won. Like, yeah, Levi won. I know he was racing RJ, and RJ had a nice little block past Some great riding. Traction, bike set up, probably allowed that. But Levi, it was his house in the kitchen. And I think that kid's for reals. Like, he is for reals. Wait, he is for reals. I said that for reals. I said for reals four times. That would be five times. Well, anyways, Cole, Levi, you know what's for real? Is this, hit it for him, Cole. tan, neck's on fire. No, your neck ain't on fire. The kitchen's on fire. The kitchen's on fire. Now you starting to see your players. Joe Shimoda, he's still still trying to get off the gate. He's still trying to get off the gate. Joe, look here. I know I talk about you trying to get off the gate. Don't let that trying to get off the gate get in your head. Like, just get off the gate. When the thing falls, you just go. That's it. Simple as that. Like, let the clutch out, turn the throttle, and whatever happens, it just happens. Because, like, it ain't a big deal. You know how to get off the gate. Honda can get off the gate, far east coast. You can get off the gate. Maybe go line up at the far outside. That's what y'all need to do. Joe Chimota, do this for me. Go line up on the outside. Like, you got the last pick at the last chance. You last person to qualify. Go on the outside. Like, pretend like you're in the LCQ, And you have to get off the gate. Otherwise, you ain't going to make the main event. You're going to get off the gate. So, maybe that's what you need to do. Like, I'm serious. But he's riding good. But Levi... Kitchen's good, and you got RJ and everybody else. So Nate Thrashing, Nate Thrashing does what Nate Thrashing did. He's fast, and he did his thing. He didn't hit the ground, but he, he was fast. So that 250 class, it's wide open, but not as wide open, because now you're starting to see those title contenders, and I think there's three of them. I think there's the kitchen, um, and then whoever. Who the hell else? RJ and Smith. Okay. Yeah, I think in the 250 class, you got the kitchen, the popcorn man, and RJ. And then you got the Smith that he sent the text and she dumped him. But he's back. I think he's fine. So I'm excited to see that. But we get to see Danger Boy this weekend. We're going to get Danger Boy. I'm ready to subscribe, baby. Subscribe. We're going to Detroit. We're going to do better than the Lions did. Danger Boy. All right, people. That was it from No, It's Not. That was it from whatever I was just saying. You know what time it is. My favorite time, my favorite time, your favorite time, nobody's favorite time except for Cooper's favorite time and the kitchen's favorite time. Stu's and Stu, we'll be right back. And we're back. Forty-five classes. Forty-five classes. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Number one. Number one. Thirty-six number one plates. Mini-monsters. Mini-monsters. Monsters. Twenty-twenty-four. Mini-monsters. Mini-monsters. Twenty-twenty-four. Wait, how do you say it again? Mini-monster. Oh, mini-monster. What's up guys, it's your boy JS7. Look, if you ain't got time to watch our whole video, which I don't know why you don't, make sure you go here and subscribe and check out our new channel where we're gonna have some smaller clips, some clips that you haven't seen on our main show just for y'all. So make sure you subscribe, click, comment, do whatever you do, watch our whole show, but come to this channel as well. Check out our stuff. See you there. All right, people, <laughs> you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time. Stew and stew. All right. You know where we're going. And I know I said I wasn't giving no more defaults. I'm not getting defaults. Like, yeah, you win the race, you, you get a stew. Like, someone a default. Stew. well, this one, he didn't win the race, but he won the race. So as weird as that is, I almost feel like that's stew Because when you jump the quad and you don't understand how he jumped the quad or he jumped the wall, does not make any sense. Well, that's kind of like how this went. Like he went two two five equals one, and one person went four eight four, which is the yeah. Well, I'm, you know where I'm going Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb, you a stew because I know you could have just done it if you needed to do it. You just didn't need to do it, so you didn't do it. But you did enough you needed to do, and it was done. And what you done was get a stew. Makes no sense, but it makes perfect sense because you got a neck burn without ever getting close to getting neck burn. It's a weird situation, but a lot of other situations, they they look at me and be like, damn, how you jumped that? It don't make no sense, but it makes perfect sense in my eyes. And what Cooper Webb did is make a stew. And I don't believe it's going to be last one. I believe he's going to redemption himself. You know what? Cooper Webb's the only person that gets a stew and gets mad that he got the stew and neck burn because he didn't get official neck burn. So he's going to be like animosity towards getting the neck burn because he didn't get it, but he won. So it's only going to make him mad. He, he wins and he gets more mad because he didn't win. That's Cooper Ware, which is a stew in my book. And then you got Levi, Levi. Now, yeah, you won and you actually did win a race. And yeah, I don't know. I still can't remember if they do neck burns each particular race. Don't know. No, they saving on the bills, saving on the bills. So Cole is saying, no, they didn't. But in your mind, you did, but you did win. And I know Far East Coast came from far back and passed you, but he he didn't get off the gate quick, and you know where he was, and you said that, like, when Jason Thomas asked you that question, you were like, bro, like, what? Did you really? You? Yeah, I knew I was. Now I know I what know I had, like, one pups, one defense. Like I know what I need to do. So you knew where you was, so you were stewed because you didn't, well, yeah, you won, and they didn't give you a neck burn, but I gave you a neck burn, and then two, it was like, okay, RJ got a flat tire. Oh, well, whatever. But you left free pancake Saturday. That's what it was. It was taco Saturday, whatever. You just a stew because you just did it better than everybody else. And I like it. And I want them jeans. I want them Levi's. I want them Levi's. I want to wear them Levi's in your kitchen. Is that. So you a stew. And that's it. I know I can give Chase half stew. He can get a little bit of stew. And Eli can get a little bit of stew. And then Jason gives Stu. I'm going to give Kawasaki Stu because that bike was working real good. Real good. Rango, you get a Stu. Bike looked real good. Jason, you get a Stu because you like, man, forget that. I ain't slowing down. I ain't slowing down. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, right. I'm trying to catch up. Why is it slow down? So that was that. So Levi Kitchen and Cooper Webb almost forgot mention your name right now because you didn't even win, but you won. So you are Stu. All right, people. And my next list, Stu pissed off pissed off because you're like I can't figure it out I don't know if that's wait I don't know if you stood on that or you just mad or is it more confusing I'm going confusing because I don't think really anybody like pissed off right Jason Anderson like you confused because you're like look I fell I went on the side of the track and I didn't gain no advantage I wasn't dead last I'm trying to catch up but you're trying to tell me to slow down yeah, I shift a gear going down there, but then I had to slow down because I had that jet, jet Lawrence angle going in that corner. I was too far to the inside. I had to slow down, try to make that turn. And so what? Like I'm in dead last and y'all still trying to like penalize me. That's not cool. I just paid y'all. As I said, maybe this way. I didn't zeal you the money last weekend. I got you on contact. You first person. There it is again. Can't do anything right. I'm in dead last and they still trying to get me. That's why you in my favors. Like you on bypass. You on bypass. You call three times. It's going to ring. Even if it's on silent, it's going to ring for AMA because I'm used to them calling. Confusing as hell. I didn't do nothing wrong. And dead last, they still trying to find me. They still trying to go. Why? Because I was riding good. And I rode so good that I didn't even finish on the podium. I won that race. I was so dominant. I was way out front. And then the first race, I couldn't catch him. I couldn't pass him. In the third race, I was in dead last. And I was catching him. I was catching him. And then I couldn't catch him anymore. And I still got fined. It was just like, I don't even know. So, you was, like, confused. You were, like, mad. You just, like, confused because you, like, you ain't get mad because you kind of, you know, you did. You know, you was stiff enough going down there, so you kind of know what you did. But you like, I didn't think they were going to catch it. The camera shouldn't have been on me. They should have been on Jet Lawrence. So, he was up front. Eli was up front. So, nonetheless, you were confused. And then you had Jordan Smith. You know, he was, like, Jay says send that text. I sent that text. She dumped me. And then I said, you know what? I'm committing again. And then I she dumped me again. And then I think I dumped me again to where I was Second race, I was riding without an eight ball. My fives of flew off, but I still came up. I got eight. And then the third race, I don't even know what happened, but I ended up fourth. And then I ended up getting fifth. So it made no sense. And then Cooper Webb, I know you were somewhat confused or just mad. Maybe you can be stewed, but you were like, wait, I'm not going to win anything, but I'm going to win all this. I don't even like that. I don't like that. I, that's not how Cooper Webb wins. I got to do something, and I didn't do nothing, and I won everything. It makes no sense. But it made perfect sense. And Jet Lawrence, you were like, damn, dude. Like, I'm like, all right, I got for reals. I'm serious now. I'm serious. I'm hey, I'm not playing. I know I, I'm not playing. I'm really am. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And I'm for real's Eli. I got respect for him, but he's Eli Tomac, you know, whatever. I'm Jet Lawrence. I'm gonna catch you. I'm gonna catch you because I've been fasting everybody all day long, but I'm not fasting nobody. It's weird. So wait, I'm Jet Lawrence. Chase Sexton, like. I can get him, but then he won one race. Don't make no sense. And then, okay, and then it wasn't my fault, but then it was my fault. Wait, but I knew what I did. I didn't do it right. And then I was going through these whoops, and I'm like, damn, okay, I'm blitzing him, but the bike don't work that way. And then, But I'm going to jump because that's safer, and then I crash the way it's safer. It makes no sense. I might as well just kept going crazy and almost crashing and not crashing because when I did that, I didn't crash. And when I went the right way, the safe way, I end up crashing. It makes no sense. Figure it out, Honda. Figure it out. Because it ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. It never is. Hunter, figure it out. Why did I throw your name in there? I don't know. Just do it. Just do it. So you're confused. And then everybody else, like, like confused. Like, Tomax, like, I'm back. I'm back. I'm out front. Peace mode back. Got the Achilles attached. It's whack. I'm back. But then I... I I'm not back because I like, can't pass nobody back here. And Joe Shimoda, like he like, confused Zale because he can't get off the gate. But he's like, I'm off the gate. And when I got off the gate, I, I didn't win. But I was better. I was better. I'm going to line up on the outside like Jay. So I don't know, people. Nobody's mad. There ain't no Stu. I mean, you could kind of be Stu. But again, Jason got him on Zale. Like, they the number one contact. I bet he probably talked to Jay bone more than I did when he was my mechanic. They friends. They friends. Jay Bone probably be like, hey Jay, bro, <laughs> you know what it is, man. You know, you know I gotta do it. You know, what? Jay's be like, ha, no dog. I know. I probably look, let me just go ahead and write you a check. He probably pull his check out his pants. He probably got a check right there. And he probably still trying to figure out why Jet Lauren's still trying to pay his money. Like, come on, dude. Come on. I'm Anderson. I'm like Anderson. And yeah, cowboy, he's still happy. He was like, oh, wait. Y'all interviewing me? Y'all interviewing me? Like damn, I got third. Like, wait, I got third? Yeah! They're catching the cowboy. I still got the red plate. Woo! Woo! That's how I was. I'm still trying to figure out why you're trying to go towards trouble and not away from Aaron Flesh. you just like, you know how it is. So, everybody, it was a confusing segment, but what it wasn't confusing was the people who won. And I know they won and one-on-one without ever winning. And I know that's confusing, but it's just a good thing. And that 450 class, 250 class, it's just stacked. It's just stacked. Yeah, the talent's always been there, but everybody feels like they believe like they can fly, like R. Kelly just believe I can fly. Well, we'll see how long they believe they can achieve. Because right now, everybody feels like they can achieve a victory. You got the Cowboy doing this thing. You got people winning that ain't winning. And you got one person that's faster than everybody, but they ain't faster than nobody. And then you got Eli Tomac just doing what he does, and he just doing it. And sometimes he does it better than everybody else, and somebody else does it. And Chase be like, I'm faster than you, but I ain't faster than you, because I get like 10. And I don't know why I wrote the same. I keep riding the same, and I end up getting different finishes. Makes no sense. But Cooper Webb... After winning the race, you're still mad because you never won the race. And that's dominant. So that was from the Trooper Crown where it gave us everything but a wet track. And we're looking forward to Detroit. Where well, we got Danger Boy coming back. Danger time. Feeling dangerous. I'm actually just feeling happy. Well, until then, people, congratulations to the kitchen. Free pancake, Friday. Well, no, they race on Saturday. So free taco to... See y'all next weekend in Detroit, I'm out.